Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Every person isn't open to hear the gospel. Jesus knew some doors would simply be closed. Some people don't want to hear the gospel, but don't take it personal. Earlier, Jesus even said this, look, if they rejected me, they're going to reject you. It's just spiritual warfare. So don't become discouraged this morning. Don't live frustrated. Don't try to push open a door to witness that's closed. If you've tried to share the message of God's love shown through Christ, you've probably been rejected. Jesus warned his followers before they went out to try to spread the good news of the gospel that some would reject them. He told them to forget about the rejection and to move on to somewhere that was receptive to their tidings. Pastor Mark will be reminding us that the people are rejecting Jesus, not us, and that we should continue to pray for them and ask God for more chances to witness to other people. May God have mercy on their souls. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message, Be Ecstatic. a responsibility to the people that are not receptive to the gospel. They will suffer that reception. Look at verse 13. Woe to you, Chorazim. And then Jesus mentions three towns. This Chorazim, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. Let me just, let me just share with you. Look at me. It's simple to make it this way. Jesus says, remember what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? <laughs> Burned a town. Well, Jesus says these three towns that are in Israel will eventually never be towns. And he says, he says, these towns saw my miracles. Capernaum was the headquarters of Jesus. It was the headquarters. He did almost all the miracles when he was in Galilee in that area. But they never believed in Jesus. See, people say today, if people can only see a miracle, they'll believe in Jesus. That's not true. And so Jesus says, they rejected him in every town. His hometown rejected him. And what he's saying is, they'll never amount to anything. If you go, and we do every year when we go to Israel, we go to the town of Capernaum. What's in Capernaum today? Ruins. 2,000 years later, it's never become a viable city. It's right there on the Sea of Galilee. It's gorgeous, but nothing. Why? Because they rejected Jesus. And what Jesus is trying to say is, there is a penalty. 
that people will pay. But it's not up to you and me. God will deal with unbelief and rejection. So I want you to write this. Look at it. You need to write it because it's going to happen to you. The mission includes rejection. But we never change the message. You're going to be rejected. I'm going to be rejected. Some of you basically, you're even here right now this morning, you're kind of rejecting me. It's okay. But look what verse 16 says. Look how closely we're tied to God. He who listens to you listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me. But he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Wow. See, I'm a representative of Jesus Christ. If they're not really rejecting me, who are they rejecting? Hello? Jesus and who? God. Every person isn't open to hear the gospel. Jesus knew some doors would simply be closed. Some people don't want to hear the gospel. But don't take it personal. Earlier, Jesus even said this. Look, if they rejected me, they're going to reject you. It's just spiritual warfare. So don't become discouraged this morning. Don't live frustrated. Don't try to push open a door to witness that's closed. Don't let the rejection stop you from being on mission. Move on and ask God for another open door. God gives open doors. Just ask for that. Now, when you see that happening, Pastor, what should we do when people refuse to listen to the gospel? Well, remember, number one, everybody has a free will. The most important gift you have is a free will. You can choose to accept Christ or reject Christ. You can choose in a lot of other things. We have that free will. Now, if people want to be left alone without following God, what am I going to do about that? I leave them what? Alone. But what else do I do? What is the next step? I pray for them. Exactly. See, you can't force someone to become a believer, but you can pray them into the kingdom of God. How many of you this morning, and I want you to see the hands around here, how many of you basically rejected people for a long time sharing the gospel with you, but now you're a Christian? Let me see your hand. Look at, look at the hands around here. How did that happen? People prayed for you. And here's the amazing thing. Those people that, that you rejected and just, I don't want to get out of here, I don't want anything. When you get to heaven, they're going to go, you're here? Don't laugh too much because they're going to go like, you're here. (laughs) We're going to be surprised who's there. And we're going to be surprised who isn't there. Amazing. So don't get discouraged. Prayer changes people, man. It changes people. You're here. I'm here because lots of people prayed for us. If I reject the message of God, it's going to face judgment. But These 72 come back. Scoot on down to verse 17. We don't know how long they were gone, but watch what happens when they come back. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now, 
This is one of the first many pictures of joy. You're going to see joy. Joy is a strange term. Joy is not happiness. Happiness depends on what happens. Some of you are Florida State fans. You were happy. I used to be a Dolphin fan. I even had two days, I mean two weeks of happiness. I'm no longer happy. Joy is different. See, joy is this confidence that God is in control. It doesn't matter the circumstances. And real joy is based on God, not the circumstances. So these guys and gals come back and they go, man, the demons even submitted to us. They were excited. They were full of joy. You know, sometimes as Christians, we're not very excited. Sometimes we just get in this funky thing. We come to church. Thank you for being here. We go home. We don't think really about God the rest of the week. We just do our thing. Next week, come to church or the week after. Now we have a few little goodies here, whatever, help us. Wow, this is new. It's cool. But the excitement can't come from that. The excitement comes because God made you to change other people's lives. See, somebody prayed for you and witnessed you. That's why you're going to be in heaven. And I I want to challenge you this morning to stir up lost people matter to God. And you'll see at the end how important it is. These people come back. I want you to write this this morning. Even if you don't feel like writing it, I want you to write this this morning. It is joyful, exciting, and fulfilling to share the gospel. Because, see, you're sharing what? Life. Life to people all over the world. That is amazing to me. And that's what these guys come back. They're saying, this is incredible. Now, how is Jesus going to respond to this? Well, he's, he's excited. He's joyful for them because they obeyed. Now, watch what happens. Then Jesus says this, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Look at verse 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. What does that mean? What does Jesus mean? I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Three kind of things. Remember, they're on a mission field, and demons come out. Well, when did Satan first fall from heaven? Do you remember? Well, before there was any people, Satan was the worship leader. He was an angel designed by God. Satan is not equal to God. He's a designed creature, created creature. He was the worship leader. And one day, what did he say to people around him? I want to be worshipped, not God. Pride. And what did God do to him? Kicked him out of heaven. Where did he come? (laughs) Our backyard. He's on earth. But who's over him? God is. So he came. He was kicked out of heaven. Who left with him? A third of the angels. Good job. What are they called today? Demons. Pastor Mark. Halloween's over. We don't believe in that. No, you're deceived. 
Satan and demons are as real as touching your skin right now. So maybe what Jesus was saying is to these 72, well, of course demons came out. I defeated Satan. And I'm going to defeat him totally at the cross. I gave you power and authority. So maybe he's thinking that. Or maybe he's saying, as you were out in my spirit, I sensed Satan falling numbers of times. Because every demon that you ministered to was cast out. But there's another very interesting one. What if the disciples, those 72 Walked in and said to this, Jesus, I'm one of the 72, baby. Everything we did, we did successfully. We're the man. Jesus could have been saying, "Um, do you remember why Satan was thrown out of heaven? P-R-I-D-E. Be careful. See, life is not about you and me. When people come to Christ... We can get prideful. You know who can get really prideful when people come to Christ? Every pastor. Because they come down. I've learned it has nothing to do with me except I preach the gospel. Somebody's witness to them. Somebody else's witness to them. God's spoken to their heart. I can't get anybody saved. Don't think you're God's answer to the lost. You're the answer if you share. But only God can change a life. So he's trying to say to these guys, it's awesome, I'm joyful, but be careful. It isn't about you. It isn't. You know what happens in our church today? Another whole subject, don't have time to get to it. Character to God is number one. What is church today? Charisma. If somebody can hold a crowd, wow, they're fantastic. No, no, no. The word of God's fantastic. Careful, careful, careful. Now, <laughs> when we see this happening, What was Jesus really saying? I want you to write this down. Satan fights Jesus. He hates Jesus. He hates his mission. He hates his message. Now get ready for an amen here. I have to prompt you for amens. That's terrible, but that's... Man, I've been preaching good. I don't know what's wrong with you people, but I'm going I'm to ask for an amen here. Satan fights Jesus' mission, his mission and his message, but Jesus always wins. Amen. You even heard that from Sebastian. That's fantastic. Now skip to me to verse 21. I'll be back in a moment. Go on to verse 21. Now Jesus is going to be joyful. Watch this. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, Because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. Right by that verse, if you write in your Bible, write this, the Trinity. You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. See, the Trinity is one of those absolute essentials of Christian doctrine. You can't go to heaven without believing in the Trinity. So there's the Trinity. The Holy Spirit gives Jesus joy. And what Jesus is saying is, number one, he was joyful because his followers were successful and obedient. They did what he asked. Do you know, God is so proud of all of you this morning because you're obeying him. He loves that. 
It makes God feel really good, just like a normal parent does when their child obeys. So Jesus is filled with joy because they're there. But then he praises God about this plan. What plan is he talking about? I praise you, Father, because you have hidden these things. What is he talking about? He's talking about, number one, the plan of salvation. Who in the world would have ever thought? Look, look up here at the cross. You see the cross and the sun? Who would have ever thought the cross would be a center of God's plan? Crucifixion wasn't even known. Before you and the world was created, Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. Who in the world came up with that plan? God. And Jesus knew he was part of it. It's beyond man's wisdom. If you got the wisest people in the whole world together to come up with a plan for salvation, they would never come up with this plan. Send God's son. Live perfect. Die on the cross for every person in the world. That's amazing. Second thing happens is this. When you see this, who is to do the work of the kingdom now? Ordinary people. How many of you think you're special this morning? I need some sermon application here. I'm looking. No, we're just all what? We're just ordinary people. Who, who did Jesus pick to be his disciples? Ordinary people like you and me. Notice, and when you see this, these 72 followers were not important people in the nation. They were ordinary people trusting God as they went out, obeyed, and shared the good news. See, God's plan, his unique plan, was different than any plan we ever see in this world. He was using ordinary people who were like children, simply trusting, dependent, teachable. It didn't have anything to do with the IQ. You can have the greatest IQ in the world, but you could still be humble and teachable. One of the things I've tried to learn through my life, I want to be this. Hopefully you're this. Remember a few weeks ago, we brought a little girl on stage. Remember? And Jesus said, unless you become like that little girl. What was that little girl? She was dependent. She didn't have any status. She just trusted Well, that's what God wants to do. And that's God's plan. Ordinary people, you could have the highest IQ or the lowest, doesn't matter. He sends you out. He uses all of us. And he wants you to be humble. He wants you to be dependent. And he wants you to be teachable. As you know, I've been a Christian 67 years. I'm still trying to be very teachable. You and I will never get it all. Are you teachable this morning? That's why you're here. Thank you. So Jesus says, God, your plan is amazing. He didn't pick the highest whatever, the best looking whatever. He just picked ordinary people and filled them with the spirit. What a joy. Now, then we see this connection between Jesus and God. Look at verse 22. All things have been committed to me by my father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. And no one knows who the Father is except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal himself. So Jesus says to these 72, I have a relationship with God. You don't really know God. And God has a relationship with me. And you know some about me, but you really don't know all about me. You just can't really even understand it. What was one of the main reasons, other than the cross... That Jesus came to this earth. Why did Jesus come to this earth as a man and God? Why? If you would say to people, what is God like? 
Well, the Bible says no man has ever seen God. So what is God like? So why did Jesus come? I just gave you the answer. He came to show us what? Who God is and what he was like. His character. Remember one time Jesus said this. If you've seen me, come on, finish it. You've seen the Father. So he says, you've seen a little picture of him. He's long-suffering. He's caring. He's slow to anger. How many are glad for that? And he gives how many chances? Two and then you're out? Three and then you're out? No, if he only gave three and you're out, we're all out of here, aren't we? He gives many chances. That's the character of God. He's a man. Who wouldn't want to follow him? Are you kidding me? And then he basically says, you don't understand God's plan of salvation. No one would design it this way. And I want you to write this down. Here's what Jesus is talking about. Only through Jesus, that's why he came to this earth, can people have a personal relationship with God. Now, that doesn't make any sense at all, but that's the way God designed it. Through his son, God so loved the world that he sent through his son. That is the only answer to the situation, Jesus. Now, I want us to read John 14, 6. You understand what this looks like. I want us to read it together. Here we go. Jesus answered. Come on, out loud now, everybody. Here we go. I am a way. A way. No, no, no. The. All right, let's read it like that. I am the way. Now stop just a moment. Why would I emphasize that? What does the world say today? Any way to God. Doesn't matter. There's many ways to go. No, 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 no. Here we go again. I am the way and the truth and the life. Now here's the biggie. No one comes to the Father. Stop. Where's the Father this morning? He's in heaven. Some of you didn't know. He is not sitting next to you. He's in heaven. Let's go. No one comes to the Father. Say it with me. Except. And who is me? Jesus. Now that's either 100% true or Jesus and God are the biggest liars in the world. Oh, Pastor Margaret, there's got to be more options than that. Sorry. There are no other options. He's the truth. He's life. You want to go to heaven? Only through Jesus. Sorry. Not dogmatic. Truth. Two and two, still four. Maybe the new modern math changed it, but it's still four. Okay? Now, when you look at that, you have to understand. Then Jesus does something very important. You just read that. Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, look how blessed you are. He kind of separates the 72 and he's back to his personal disciples, the 12. When you understand the impact of Jesus' death and resurrection and what it means for your life, it's hard not to get excited about it. Pastor Mark shared that everyone will have to make a decision regarding Christ's claims of saving us from sin. It's important for us to tell others about Jesus, leaving the results to God and just trying to be obedient to Him. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. In the next part of this message, Pastor Mark will teach the conclusion of this set of messages. Jesus will be even more explicit in his claim to be God. Pastor Mark will teach about the necessity of remembering that there is an unseen spiritual aspect to all of this witnessing and sharing the gospel. We will be told what true repentance is and why the difference matters. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.